This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Hey guys, it's the second episode of this season's Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams. How are you guys? Jake Myers here with me. What's up? We have a lot to talk about in just already one day of training camp. Right now, training camp day two is is fully underway. Um, I kind of almost like that we have a chance to um, keep up with what's going on during camp and then kind of recap the day before um, you know, activities, the highs, the lows, all that kind of stuff. But this isn't the kind of podcast where we're going to just give you everything that happened yesterday at training camp because you guys who are listening could probably go to a million different places for that kind of info. So, you know, that's not the kind of podcast that we are. I like to think we're a little bit of a bigger picture thinking podcast, Jake. But like, uh, how are you for one? Doing fantastic. The radio show went well. We're, uh, you know, training camp is underway. So we got that that football feeling in the air. And that's my favorite time of the year. So uh, I can't wait. Well, there's a buzz a little bit, and you know, there's not, they're not breaking any capacity records over at Dove Valley quite yet. Um, you know that comes with superstars on the roster, with the Peyton Manning being there, and uh, you know Tim Tebow and guys like that being there. So it's not we're not quite there yet, but also um, there's some people who are uncomfortable being in large groups. This Delta variant is coming back I, we were at a restaurant last night that we've been going to they have the staff have uh, masks back on so you know in terms of you know the um numbers at uh, valley for the fans it'll pick up it'll beef up a little bit it's just kind of probably a sign of the times but also with fans out there you get all the buzz that goes along with um the day kind of that was yesterday the highs and the lows um Let's do that for like two minutes, because then out of that, I want to talk about, you know, what it means um, if that buzz is um, can be, you know, uh, turned into like real production. You know, if a buzz of the team, you know, can turn into uh, a team turning the corner, so to speak. And I think we'll, you know, we'll do that. So yesterday at... uh, you know, day one, there was no interceptions by either guys. That was kind of a big one. That's key for both guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Teddy Bridgewater, we, we obviously know that he's the game manager, but Drew Locke is the wild child, and seeing him not throw picks is a good sign. Well, here's what I like. Guys like us, the media guys who were there, there were about, I'd say it was close to 50-50, maybe 55-45 in favor of Drew Locke as, you know, being the proclaimed winner of the day. Well, why? He had a couple hookups deep, wowed the crowd, got everyone fired up. And what did Teddy do? Kind of dinked and dunked his way down the field to, some, to success, but it's not as fun. It's not as fun as kind of what Drew Locke does. But do you know what's not fun? Losing games and throwing picks. So uh, Teddy kind of knows that as well. So... um you know, the guys who are fellow, you know, media brethren, the guys who, who proclaim Teddy as the winner of the day, were kind of more my guys who I look at as um, guys who I kind of believe, guys with that maybe dogs in the fight, so to speak. And that's just kind of it for me. 
when it came to you know the dinks and dunks for Teddy Bridgewater, he realizes that when he's actually going to be in the game, he's not going to have all this time in the world. You know, there's not going to be all these guys coming at him. Well, he's not going to have a, a five man rush at him during training camp, and he's going to try to simulate that during training camp, get the ball out quick, and that's what he did. Uh, as for Drew Locke, we've seen you know him go through his progressions, but maybe take a little bit too long oh, dude, uh, yesterday, during his Drew progressions. Locke, pat, 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 the ball, one, 1,000, two, 1,000. You're sacked by then, bro. Or if you're rushing, you're probably rushing into a bad decision. It really, it's like the, yesterday, it's like, um, I want to talk about the press conferences from both guys. Drew comes in. He's like, oh, man, it's a different world now. I'm a different guy. I've embraced the small passes and the dinks and dunks. And, you know, that's really I've really embraced that stuff and absorbed that stuff in. And uh, you'll see, you know, I'm going to go implement that now as a play. It's not who he is. It's just not who he is. You you know, um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, guys, you know, nothing is guys can get better. But the core of him, who he is, what he wants to do, what he believes he's best at, how he believes he's going to have success as a quarterback, it's by taking those risks and those chances. And, you know, I just don't think, like, he's all that football savvy. I think he's all gunslinger. And, like, stuff works in college. Teddy, on the other hand, um, you know, so let me go back to Drew for a second in the press conference. You know, I don't know, D-Max, someone asked, hey, Drew, do you, do you think you should be the starting quarterback on this team? Oh, I don't know about all that, but I know I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to work harder than anybody. Yeah, you know, it's like, ugh, I don't know. It might seem like, oh, someone might look at that as like, oh, I like what he said, that that's kind of the right thing humble, to say. Humble, humble. Eh, I wouldn't call it humble. It's he is trying to say all the right things. Drew Locke is always trying to say kind of the right things and like look like a cool guy in the process. We'll move on from these two guys. It's just, it's, it, this is important. Teddy goes up <laughs> on the podium in front of the you know press yesterday and gives a statement. Be like, what? You know, it's not like, okay, um... Who's up first? He gives a statement on what he thought and how he thought the day went, the practice went. He uh, anticipated some questions and um, was totally prepared like a pro. I mean, you know who gives um, opening statements like that? General managers and CEOs and like leaders of organizations. True professionals. Just true pros. True pros. And then the quote of the day from Teddy uh, I'm a survivor. You can throw me in the jungle, and I'm gonna come out with a fur coat and a headband I made with some leaves. Uh, he he has a fire with him everywhere he goes, and he he's made an impact yeah. everywhere he goes. It kind of feels like a little bit. Teddy has nothing to lose, and Drew has everything to lose. It's where the circumstances are, and where these guys have kind of played he, themselves at this point of you know the, their careers and that's it that's just the recap i mean that's to be that, that's what's most important but we can't do you know uh drew lock and teddy bridgewater every every broncos blitz podcast but yeah it is important it is important at the beginning here of camp um it's what you know it's kind of the only story in that storyline that really really matters um and, but that's just where we're at. We're, that's where we're at with these two guys. And Fangio said both guys were good. He had to go take a closer look. Again, in one week here's time, Jake, I hope that we're seeing a 70-30 kind of um, in terms of uh, touches opportunities. Because if not, you're just, you know, one is guys just taking 
valuable, very, very valuable touches away from the other guy. And whether they believe that that's Drew Locke who's going to start or not, I, I, I still believe that you got to give Drew Locke 75% of all the, you know, the touches against the first team, the touches that really, really matter. Yeah, Fangio and Shermer and the rest of the coaching staff need to figure out who won uh, – who won the first couple days, the first reps, and roll with it and continue with those guys at least throughout the first preseason game. And if something changes after that game, then you could go back to the other guy and maybe you know split up the reps 70-30 the other way around. But this 50-50 stuff has to stop. Uh, but some other guys look good as well. Jerry yeah. Judy, uh, Pat Sertain. Uh, so the young guys are looking great. Well, you're right. Let's talk about the rest of a little mini recap of what happened uh, training camp day one. We'll talk a little bit about what's happening right now today and day two, and we'll call it kind of halftime. We'll finish up this podcast by um, going back into what I'm calling that buzz. And is it like substantial? Is it like it's, it's just a word? It's not real. You can't touch it. You know, it's not like a real thing. But also um, with that and out of that can create um, confidence uh, some bravado, some buy-in by the players. And then the buy-in, if you have success with that, then you have a team. Then you have something kind of bigger than just the pieces themselves. So we'll talk about if the Broncos can, in then, you know, in kind of conclusion, turn the corner. Are they talented and, uh, you know, enough now to make the playoffs and to go out there and really truly compete? We'll, we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, yesterday... Besides two quarterbacks, which is kind of all we want to, you know, trying to act like it's not all we want to talk about. But it's all I, I want to talk about is those two guys. Because, you know, I need to, who's going to lead this team? I need to know who's going to lead this team. I, I need to know how to feel about it. I need to know, you know, what we can make of it and if I can, you know, buy in or not. You know, and if we, you know, Broncos country can. Most of Broncos country can. You know, Broncos country, it's not a diss, guys. We could talk each other into anything, you know. And... uh it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. You got the orange and blue goggles on. It, well, it, it kind of deceives some of their thoughts a little bit. But, you know, they can, like you said, talk themselves in anything and they're, they bleed blue and orange. It's a franchise that's used to having so much success. This is a low point that, like, you know, guys like me have never gone through my whole life. I'm not 40 yet. I'm 39 years old, okay? Young Stallion still. But in my lifetime, Jake, um, you know, um, was born in 1982. John Elway becomes a Bronco the next year, they go to Super Bowls every couple to few years there. Uh, the incredible success, um, 97, 98, uh, Tebow years, the Peyton Manning stuff. It's like um, since 1977, all this franchise does is go to Super Bowls every four years. So that's kind of what we're, we're, we're used to. And this is a shock. This sucks. You know, um, you know. Being feeling like you're just like the Raiders or no better than the Vikings or like one of these run of the mills, it's not a good look for the Broncos. It's not who we are. Uh, we don't handle losing very well. Broncos country is poor sports, and I like that. I don't want us to, you know, be uh, okay with losing. Um, but um, one thing I liked from yesterday was not all just the Jerry Judy and the KG Hamler stuff. What I kind of liked was everyone was raving about Von Miller. You know, Von Miller looking like the Von Miller of old because you know if the Broncos are going to have any real success this season no one believes it won't happen without Von Miller becoming the Von Miller of old and I think last year when Von Miller went down with an injury 
couple more injuries just took away from like it sucked the air out of the wor- the room and like the life out of the party. And it's, you know, this football seat your season is like um the season of a TV show, a hit TV show. Mm-hmm. No one wants to watch a TV show without stars in it. You know, and Von Miller's a big star. We need him to be a big star, act like a big star, make us feel like he's the Von Miller of old and give this franchise some kind of something to, you know, put on a pedestal a bit. And you're right. You know, Von Miller, when he got hurt last year, was very deflating for the fans, probably the locker room as, you know, Von Miller, he was a a big focal point in that Super Bowl season and he is a, a heart and soul of the team. He's a motor, and, and the defense, you know, kind of runs as he goes. So, he's with the face of this team, right? Like JJ Watt was the face of the of the Texans. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers is the face of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, it's the same thing with Von Miller. If Von Miller goes down, it's not the same player. Kind of who and what and where are we as a franchise? If that makes sense. Um, Bradley Chubb kind of held back, held out of team stuff not kind of ready and willing to let him go, unleash him, kind of so to speak yet. And I'm okay with that. But it's starting to feel for me like Bradley Chubb is damaged goods. It's the, you know, the phrase I'd use. And, you know, I hadn't really seen him dominate yet. He hasn't turned into the player we thought he was going to. And I'd say this is a pretty big year for Bradley Chubb. Kind of make or break. Yeah, the, his rookie season was, was phenomenal. Um, and after that... You know, he's just had injury after injury, and he's he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And we haven't seen Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, you know, really made a Pro Bowl off reputation last year. Right. Kind of surprised by that. He's got to have, you know, 14, 13 sacks and be a real force this year and play most of the games. I think if not, Broncos comfortable, ready to turn the page on Bradley Chubb. And then we start to talk about bust because, um, where he was drafted and who we drafted him over. Then we talk about one of the, you know, a big bust potentially because huge blunder for the Broncos. Well, if that's know, the case, I'll, you know, Josh Allen, I'm living my life vicariously through Bills fans like Josh Allen's kind of half mine because he went to school here, you Bills know, an Mafia. hour and a half away. So, you know, we, he kind of last year on the show, on the radio show, ad- adopted the Bills a little bit. They're the smile high Bills. So, uh, I don't want it to be like that. That's a loser's mentality. I like the Oakland A's. Why? Because the Rockies suck. You know, there was no Rockies when I was a kid. And there was, you know, in the 80s, just the Bash Brothers and Ricky Henderson and McGuire and, you know, um, Canseco, all those boys. But I wish I could say I was a Rockies fan proudly. Instead, I'm like, eh, I'm not a Rockies fan anyway. I'm an A's fan. Kind of feels, you know, cheap or something. But, um, okay. Well, a couple more things on yesterday. And we'll call it a little bit of a halftime break here. I thought it was interesting that uh, to see the defense is so much dime stuff. Um, the NFL's changed. It's changing. It's a pass-happy league. You know, nickel and dime defense is becoming like a team's base defense. And when you're playing against Justin Herbert twice a year and then Patrick Mahomes twice a year and then Derek Carr twice a year and just the league as a whole of what it's become, it's interesting. Um Vic Fangio, I see as old school, not flexible, um, but you, the league has changed. 
Um, we have the personnel to adjust. I don't know what that means for the Josie Jules and the Alexander Johnsons, but it kind of doesn't matter to me, especially if you have a pass rush that is getting the job done and then playmaking corners. It seems like a recipe for success, but also that you can't have that when you're running the ball down a team's throat because you're up on them and you're controlling the pace and the tempo and everything because then it takes the Broncos out of everything game plan that they had to uh, keep a close game, um, let our pass rushers lose, and then our um, secondary go turn the ball over and make great plays. And um, that only works when you're in games and when you're up in games. That doesn't work when you're down in games. Right. And the dangerous part about having a defense like that uh, going in the nickel and dime all the time is, you know, big tight ends and the running game. And for the past couple years, the running game and tight ends have been the bane of the Broncos defense. And if they don't you know, alleviate that, then they're just going to be in a, in the same vicious cycle that they have been for the past few years on defense. They got to figure out how to stop those great tight ends, especially in this division with Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey uh, and formerly Hunter Henry, but now they don't have to worry about him anymore. But still, two, two of the top three tight ends in this league are in this division, so you're going to have to find a way to stop those guys, uh, and it's not going to be with a nickel and dime defense. It's going to uh, be. It's going to yeah. have to be with a sideline to sideline linebacker, which to me is Baron Browning. I like that. I hope he um, not at the expense of Josie Jewell because there's a chance Josie Jewell has a chance to be a real true breakout performer this year for this team. And he's gotten better. Um, he's been kind of typecast a little bit. He could lead the uh, team in tackles this year. I wouldn't be totally surprised or shocked. But Browning also has so much upside, and you know, almost kind of maybe some star stardom in there. No one confuses Josie Jewell for a star, but Browning has you know some of the makings. It'll be interesting. Um, okay, we're gonna call this uh, maybe three quarters through the show. Okay, I want you to I want I got to mention right now, you can find the Broncos Blitz podcast anywhere you can find podcast, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, um, go to milehighsports.com, but also the new Mile High Sports app is so awesome. It's incredible. You can watch uh, Jake and I you know, do our radio show there. You can get the podcasted versions of our radio show there. You can get this podcast there, as well as everything else that Mile High Sports has to offer, which you know, no one doesn't like Mile High Sports in this entire market. And um, subscribe to the podcast. That's important to us. We'd appreciate that. We also want you to like rate and review the podcast. Basically, just kind of, you know, on our on the radio show, we got the we got the callers, we got the text line, we got the Twitter, we got the interaction, the participation that makes us one of the best, okay, in town. So you can't really how do you you know interact with the podcast by rates uh, and reviews and telling us how awesome we are on there or how yeah. bad we are. Oh, Jake, edit that. can you edit that out of the podcast? Um, but yeah, so get involved with the podcast. Tell us you like us. Uh, tell us what you don't like about it. I guess. But, um, you know, we're going to try to be different here. We're going to try to deliver for you guys for 20 or 30 minutes every single day. Give you something fresh. Give you something to think about and give you something that you haven't heard from 20 other guys or 30 other guys in this market or on Twitter already um, in the last day or two. So, OK, I mentioned buzz. I mentioned the buzz around the team. And is there one? Um is it a buzz that's feeling like this is a playoff team? And is it a buzz that makes you feel like this team has turned the corner? I want to start by saying this. You go through the defense. Okay, start with the defense. Um, that secondary, it's incredible. It's a great group. Top notch. Um, the, 
the defensive line almost kind of slash the pass rushers. It seems like a really good group, a really talented group. Uh, Draymond uh, Jones. Um, Von Miller said, has a chance to be a star is the best maybe he's ever played next to. Um, Huge compliment. That's a gigantic compliment, right? Don't you think? Yeah, he's played with, uh, you know, Derek Wolf, uh, Malik Jackson. There's been some great, you know, defensive tackles truly, that he's truly, played no with. No doubt about and, it. And to say that about Draymond Jones, it, it's a huge, huge uh, compliment. And we'll see if he can live up to that statement that Von Miller says. You know, with Shelby Harris also. Well, uh, how this team, you know, Shelby Harris is great. But also Shelby Harris is great playing off of other great players. I think he's not as great of a player when you lean on a Shelby Harris. But also, um, like, go back to Draymond a little bit. Um, Malik Jackson became Malik Jackson playing within a defense that was one of the greatest of all time. Was Malik Jackson really, really that great? Actually, he was a really, really good player and went on to prove himself as that good of a player. But also, Draymond Jones, guys like that, you know, Shelby Harris is feed off of the stars to become and rise to be star-like players themselves. So that kind of stuff has to happen in order for this team to really take that next step. Um, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are almost like the biggest question marks of the season when it comes to the defense. You know, they're the Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater of the defense and not the two players versus each other. But what are you going to get from the combination of the guys? If you don't get 22 sacks from the combination of the two guys, well, something went very, very wrong because Bradley Chubb's supposed to be ascending right now and breaking out into stardom. And Von Miller, which is supposed to be in the um, on the... 15th hole of his prime of the prime of his career it's the back nine but you know we're not done yet we still got 15 16 17 and 18 we're not done with this round yet you might be you know uh seven or eight uh over par and going and thinking hey might get me that 79 might shoot that 80 today also have two double bogeys let the pressure get the best of you um not a perfect comp, not a perfect analogy, but Von Miller has everything to prove. And the stuff we heard yesterday and saw yesterday, that's the right step, okay? So the defense as a whole, talented. With Fangio running the whole thing, talented. a very defensive-minded coach. Not super talented, but you could say very talented of a group. If we're um, going to look at it just on paper... And we're going to have the expectations that Vaughn's back and Bradley Chubb is going to live up to some expectations. Then this has a chance to be a top 10 defense in the league. Okay, let's move to the offense. Wide receiver group. Spectacular. Primo. Tight ends. I love them. Um, I love Albert O. And I think Noah Fant is an untapped of a talent uh, as there could be. And look at the investments in the wide receiver group in the tight end group, um, go to the running back group. Javante Williams was, we were raving about him before the draft. Okay. No one had heard of him before, unless you're like a football guy. Um, we were raving about him. We thought he was an un, uh, uncut gem and he was a chance to, a guy had a chance to be, um, a star and people are going to say, Oh, well, where was he drafted? Oh, the second round. Well, second round for running back is like the first round now of what running backs were 10 years ago. Okay. 
where when you're drafting guys fifth overall, the you know the right. Leonard Fournettes and even the Melvin Gordons drafting the, the, the first value round. has just decreased. I just think a bit. like the comp to Javante Williams being drafted in the second round, the, early in the second round, the Broncos moving up to get him is the equivalent to these days drafting a Melvin Gordon. 12, 15, wherever he went in the first round. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's the equivalent. And therefore, to me, um, Javante's the, the equal of a player to Melvin Gordon. At least has a chance to be. And uh, and uh, in terms of the, the upside, the ceiling, um, that kind of stuff, if that makes sense to you. So I think we got two capable horses. We know Melvin Gordon, well, he was the team's best offensive player last year, for better or for worse. Well, no matter what you thought of him, he was really good, especially down the stretch of the season. Of course, we don't like the fumble stuff. Um, I, I consider success based on the hand he was dealt. No, right? da- no doubt about it. You know, he he come on. He came on a little slow, but then, like you said, at the end of the season, you know, he really made an impact and was the best player yeah. on offense and was a great receiver out of the backfield. Yeah, and you know, uh, was a consistent running back. And Javante Williams is only going to be a compliment to that. I love the superstar potential in the guy. Has a chance to be very, very well. And if everyone was like, you know, well, why did they move Philip Lindsay? Well, because there's guys like Javante Williams out there. That's no diss on Philip. I love Philip Lindsay. Great, but he's um, he's not the f- full four down back. He's not the three down back. He's the two down back. And sometimes he's the one down back specialty. Javante is the horse of a different color. Okay. And you can't talk about the running backs with it without talking about the offensive line. The offensive line is revitalized, revamped. A lot of people saying Garrett Bowles looking like the best left tackle in the game right now. Which, well, I don't know. That may be a stretch. Not but. a lot of guys. Vaughn said that yesterday. And I like that. And I like that you brought that up. And it's a great compliment. Garrett Bowles said that. You have to look at it, too. Like, uh, well, I look at the investment in the offensive line. For one, the money to Bowles. I don't know if he's worth that kind of money, but that's the cost of fish. Uh, at the market, that's like the price of doing business. You know, you can if you don't want to, you know, pay that, you know, uh, thirty bucks for that piece of fish for your family tonight. Well, you got to pay, get some hamburger and go make some burgers or something like that. Um, the let's see, from the Glasgow to the um, who, who's got the belly? We just drafted him, uh, Quinn, Quinn Miners. Yeah, Miners to um, I'm not done yet here. Who else? I think Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, Cushenberry. I mean the, Dalton Reisner. There we go. The investment to the offensive line has been true and pure, and a real investment financially and through the draft. So then you got to go back to the quarterbacks. It's the weak point of the team. Of course it is, and we don't want to sit here and just dog these two guys. But my point is. I think there's enough talent on both sides of the ball, offensively, offensively and defensively. Here's what I think. You take the quarterbacks off of the rosters, and we judge teams' talents um, off of everything on the roster other than the quarterback. I think the Broncos are a top eight or top ten talented team. I, I'm with you there. Okay, I can't go top five because we're underestimating some talent on some other teams. That'd be a stretch. That'd be a stretch. But I think they're right there at eight, nine, ten. You add the quarterbacks, it slides down to they're in like a 15, 16, 17, I think. Middle of the pack. Actually, 17 yeah. and 18. 17 and 18 in terms of total talent with the quarterbacks that they have in the roster. Right, right. Unless Teddy Bridgewater comes out, goes bossa nova, leads this team. Unless somehow, someway, Drew Locke starts for this team, goes out there, and is able to put it together. I don't believe Drew can do that. I've moved on from Drew. And I respect Teddy Bridgewater as a pro, but my comp on him, or what I would say is like, uh, I said on the show today, Teddy's like vanilla ice cream. 
if like I'm at my grandma's for dinner and she's like, who wants dessert? I'm like, well, what is it? Uh, vanilla ice cream, scoop of vanilla. Okay, is there any sprinkles or Hershey syrup? No. Just checked out. Is there chocolate swirl on there? Do you got? Is it uh, cookie dough? Uh, vanilla with cookie dough? No. It's just vanilla. Um. Okay, I guess I want something. Give me a the one scoop of vanilla ice cream, and I'll hope it's bluebell ice cream. But it's like that's not the dessert I want. That doesn't you know that's not a, that's not a game changer. I'm not you know that's it's it's just a scoop of vanilla. So going back to the buzz, and there is a buzz around this roster, but there isn't much a buzz about the quarterbacks. But could the excitement around this team kind of will them into some success? Well, sometimes this can happen in any sport. And we'll kind of wrap it up on this. A team gets out to a fast start. A team that maybe was not supposed to compete. A team that was maybe too young to compete. And they end up three and one. By winning two close games, getting an out-of-this-world performance by someone else, maybe getting a pick six in a game that is a tide turner. And all of a sudden, maybe a team is three and one that maybe uh, everyone expected to be one and three. Well, then like the buy-in comes. It's the buy-in. They're preaching it. We've been working hard at this, and we're having success with it. We're, we're now winning. We're winning with this. That is is powerful and then that creates something where you become bigger than yourselves and bigger than the pieces and sometimes that's the start of the turning of the corner back to um competitiveness and then eventually to the playoffs that you know that that can happen how does that happen right leadership stuff the right coaching stuff the right couple young players who are going to outperform and over you know produce veterans coming back and living up to their you know to their once was selves but also the right quarterback play giving you just enough but also giving you a little extra too i don't believe drew Locke can do that i believe he will turn it over and hold you back and you can't get to that point with him that this team and the structure of this team would need to compete teddy has that and potentially just potentially jake teddy has more in him mm. than we've ever seen right because uh he will now have never been on a team as talented as this one other than the saints team that he was just on a year and a half ago where he played for five games and they won all five of those games because he went in there he was a leader they believed in him he did just enough and in a couple occasions a little extra jake i'll give you a final thought on this broncos team and they haven't won a game in September under Fangio. And they have an opportunity here to start 3-0, and going against the Giants, the Jets, and the Jaguars. And like you said, part of the buy-in is that hot start. If they start 3-0, and then the buzz starts to build and Broncos fandom gets oh, yeah. back to where it was uh, years ago after when, when Peyton was around and when they were actually relevant. So... It all depends on how they start this. Jake, this I love what game. you just said. We are victims of our, you know, our circumstances. Or you could use your circumstances in life to propel you. Oh, well, I was born into a, you know, poor family. They didn't love me enough. I didn't have this. I didn't have this, and I didn't have that. And I'm going to use that as an excuse to be my whole life. Or other guys are going to say, Ah, these circumstances. I'm never going to be like this. Never going to have this. I always want more for my kids. It's not going to be like this for me. From from for from for what when I get older, I'm going to have everything for my kids. Um, again, not a perfect comp and analogy, but the Broncos have 
the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags. They don't have, again, the Texans led by Deshaun Watson, and then Herbert and the unknown Chargers in Week 2, and then uh, an early matchup against Pittsburgh like they had last year. They don't have that. Two rookie quarterbacks and Daniel Jones. You should be able to win these games. I agree, Jake. I love what you said there. Uh, 3-0 and after these first three wins will make people believe um, that this team has turned a corner, can compete, and uh, I'm, I, I'm here to – I'm about it. You know how we feel about the two quarterbacks, and I'm not going to run from that and um, pretend I, I, I'm all in on these guys because I'm not, but also – I, I want. I like. I love to be wrong on on either one of those guys, in particular Teddy Bridgewater, because I respect him a lot, and that's where we're at. Um, all right, that's the whole podcast, you guys. We really appreciate you guys being with us. Um, again, subscribe anywhere you could find a podcast, like anywhere, um, Apple, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Go to milehighsports.com and check it out there. Uh, download the new Mile High Sports app. is a It's a thing of beauty, super easy to navigate. It's great. Um, give us a review. Rate us, um, but subscribe to us. We appreciate that. Um, we will be back tomorrow with um you know these first couple shows these first couple weeks of shows jake and i have like some such great plans tomorrow we'll bring in a guest as well to join the conversation and that's it that's the whole broncos blitz podcast we will see you guys tomorrow thanks for tuning in we appreciate you guys and we love you guys good night sheila good night